When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This Miami card is stacking up to be badass. Uh, Michael Venom Page versus Kevin Holland. Savage little baby and fancy. Baddest little baby in a century. Internet, blow up. Superstar, don't touch. Showing off goes in a frenzy. We got a nice little Christmas present of MMA news at the end of the year, didn't we? Yeah. Michael Venom Page. He's coming to the UFC. Yeah. After, I think, 12 years of an MMA career, you asked me the question, did he make the right decision? Like, because ultimately the reason he's moving at all is because Bellator is gone. So he's got two choices. Like, well, more than two, but the PFL or UFC or more bare knuckle boxing, I guess, but... I forgot he lost to Perry. Yeah, in London, that, that, so that doesn't look look good. But I thought the, the that Perry, was a close fight. Very and close. A fight. lot of people actually thought the Venom Page won. Yeah, and it well. shouldn't have gone to the final yeah. round yeah. Where, where he lost to Mike Perry. Uh, but Mike Perry's unbeaten. Also, Perry's on sort of some sort of renaissance. As well, a it's, it's like, like how beast, how it? tough are you? And Mike Perry's pretty goddamn tough. Yeah, is we, the answer yeah. to that question. Absolutely. And and to be fair to Michael in that scenario as well, it's like you've basically just lost some of your best abilities by only bare oh, knuckle 100%. boxing. Yeah, we well. had someone in our writers chat yesterday yeah. saying like, uh, oh, MVP breaks under pressure fighters. And it's like, I, I get you saying that. MVP's only lost twice in his whole career. Yeah. The knockout against Douglas Lima, which was kind of, you can't take the knockout away from him. Kind of a crazy knockout kicks his legs out and hits him on the huge, way down. Huge mistake on Venom's Yeah, part. yeah, yeah. Like, but fair enough, it's not like, kind of a crazy situation. And then his only ever loss is to like a really close decision with Logan Storley for the belt. A lot of people thought he won that fight. Super close fight. The argument that everyone's now going to be typing is, but he didn't fight anybody, which is true, right? MVP did not fight a bunch of elite fighters. He wasn't taking on animals nonstop. It's not like he's been in the top 10 of the world weights of the UFC fighting the best in the world. But he still has only a, a loss twice. So people who doubt his abilities based solely on the Mike Perry fight where he couldn't kick or flying knee or even wrestle if he if he's pulled you know taken on Paul Daly I don't think that's the best version of MVP the other thing about him is he's 36 and a guy who relies on his speed and athleticism I don't know what do you think it's come so late in the game for him there was a period of time where he was absolutely on top of the world after, I think, his first MMA fight, the spinning tornado kicked. Unbelievable knockout. People were comparing him to Anderson Silva, who was the current champ at the time. This is how long ago that they were like, this is the next big thing. And you had this, this emerge, emergence of like, like a star, yeah, in my opinion. He was 
creating these iconic moments in Bellator for Bellator. You know, whenever he fought and he did these incredible things, like the way he cracked Cyborg's yeah. skull. But even stuff he would like go, the Pokeball and Yeah, and he shit, would go like, absolutely viral. The Thanos oh, hat. Uh, yeah, I remember he had the Thanos. I that's, can't remember. That's how old that these fights are because yeah. that he had the Pokemon knockout, which is when Pokemon Go was popular. Then the Infinity Gauntlet, when you know that movie was coming out, that was years ago now as well. So, like- so yeah, he created these iconic viral moments. But the reason why he never went to the UFC is because Bellator paid him so well. If you're in that point of your career where the UFC is giving you a fairly entry-level amount of money to come and test your hand, but you also have Bellator, who's giving you like 150, 200 to compete for Bellator, because that's where they valued him. They really valued Ben and Page. So consistently, he kept making the same choice to stay in Bellator. Now, if he was the fucking champion as well, if he was fighting Douglas Lima, when it, like years prior to when he finally fought him. Yeah, when he finally beat him. Yeah, when he finally beat him. But they just were trying to harness yeah. those knockouts. They just kept building him as ability. a star. They yeah. built him as a star. It's almost like what happened with if Sean O'Malley hadn't taken the step to fight yeah. Pierre Yard. It's a good example. If he hadn't finally jumped up to do that, then I reckon Sean O'Malley would have been a consistent sort of like Venom Page. And that's what Venom Page did. He just fought guys that just shouldn't have been in there in the first place. So he's consistently fighting the guys that he shouldn't be fighting. He's consistently taking the Bellator money over the UFC. Now, here we are. He's finally got to the UFC. Who's who's going to come out of this looking looking the best here? Is it like... Well, like, here's another, like, way to look at it. Someone else who spent all of their prime years outside of the UFC finally got there, Ben Askren. Ben Askren was obviously undefeated, but... And he was the champion of Bellator. He was the champion yeah, of... Ben, ben, like, actually fought some really good guys as well. And he defended belts multiple times, so don't take me too literally. But it's a similar situation where someone's at the end of their career and now we're probably not going to get the prime version of that fighter in the UFC. Well, one of the things fans were always saying about MVP was just like, well, if he goes in there with a wrestler, he's absolutely fucked. And actually, I don't think he ever really did go in there with a wrestler, did he? Bellator never really gave him that fight. Bellator consistently saved him from those fights where he could have done really well. He could have just sprawled. He could have out-wrestled. I mean, he fucking wrestled Paul Daly. Paul Daly, yeah. That was set up as this is going to be the biggest, baddest stand-up war And that was right on the cusp of of him going to the UFC as well because he was 13-0, gets a former UFC competitor in Paul Daly, you get a big win here. Like, this is a good chance for you to make that step. But he, yeah, you're right. He just never really turned left. He just kept going straight. I mean, some of the fights that he had is baffling. Like, there's one that he had in Dublin where he fought some Irish guy who was literally like three and two. He fought Ross Houston. That was a really bizarre fight for Ross Houston to take. He's a new surging, like, talent in MMA. And he goes to Bellator and he fights MVP in his first fight. What was Ross Houston and his team thinking? What was <laughs> that it, they what could was beat thinking? him? I mean, yeah. like, what would I mean? They thought, okay, we take a big risk here. We beat MVP. We look like a bigger star to ultimately get to the UFC. But no, that fight was really, really awkward. Neither one of them could get anything off, and actually, like Ross lost his O in a really underwhelming fight. And it's those types of fights that MVP has taken. Where it's just like, you've been, like, why are you taking that fight? Like, he's fighting Kevin Holland, right? I think lots of people think Holland is just going to absolutely dog walk it. I mean, like, it's interesting because, like, you know, you talk about they never really gave him a wrestler. You can tell immediately from the matchup they're giving him. 
Like, we just want to make fun fights for MVP. Yeah, we'll get him in. He's at the end of his career. Let's make the fun fights. Right. Michael Chandler had a long career in Bellator. And when he got to the UFC, he did really well. Who's he beaten? He's beaten Dan Dan Hooker and Tony Ferguson. Yeah, and he's lost to Gaethje and uh, Poirier. Yeah. I think that's it. And 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 Oliveira, yeah. So to be fair to him, he has been put in the top, in the the mix. Whereas MVP is coming in against Kevin Holland, who isn't ranked. No, Kevin Holland's ranked. Where is he at? Uh, Somewhere around the 15s, I think. Um, But 11, maybe. It's not like they're putting him... Well, Dan Hooker was, what, number seven, maybe? Something like that? Yeah, but I still think that's a a, a fucking devastating place for a, a man to start. If MVP tornado kicks Kevin Holland in the first round... Does he get a title shot the same way that Michael Absolutely Chandler got a title not. shot? But that's the thing. Like the reason he's going in against Kevin Holland because a it's a really fun fight. But b Kevin Holland loves those stand up wars. Like he even made that pack with Thompson with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, one of the best strikers in UFC history. And you make a pack with that man to say we're going to stand. Yeah, shows he you did try he- and take him down though. I mean, ultimately, when he got in trouble, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When he was like, oh, fuck, this is mental. Yeah, what am I thinking? Stephen Thompson's yeah, what am I, crazy. What am I thinking? See, that's a great fight as well. Whereas, Stephen Thompson versus MVP. Yeah, exactly. Incredible so like, fight. It, if the UFC are bringing in MVP to have these really fun fights with not much of a plan, like they don't have a great expectation of him getting to a title, but if they put him in fun stylistic matchups then what's the problem with this then the ufc of course they've made a great decision because they've got a guy who can provide viral knockouts the major issue it was it the right decision for mvp or could he've gone to pfl and just stacking the bank account and go look do you know what like i don't need a ufc belt i don't need to be in the ufc i could just continue winning lots of money there is a possibility that he's probably just like you know what i've had a fantastic career Great record. Like, if you've won the British kickboxing title 25 times, I don't think you really care about being British champion anymore. But the the point is, he's had so many great achievements. I think there probably is a part of him, I'd like to believe, that he's in the UFC, he's going to have the, the, the fun fights, the top fights, make a lot of money. And if he wins or if he loses, it doesn't really matter. Maybe that was ultimately always sort of his goal within MMA, was not to be the UFC champion. It was just make a shit ton of money doing really fucking awesome, incredible spectacle-like KOs. I've never really heard him talk too much about wanting to be the best in the world. All you ever really hear is that he wants to be entertaining. He wants to entertain the fans. For the fans, like I think him versus Kevin Holland, him versus Thompson, him versus other strikers is exactly what you want to see. There is no goddamn point putting MVP in there to be wrestle-fucked. No, like a Sean Brady or something. It's just pointless. It is pointless. I agree. You're not bringing MVP in to be a contender. No. You're putting him in there to have a bit of fun. You're not looking at MVP like, oh, yeah, look at his record. He's one of the best of all time. He's going to murder everybody. You kind of already have your doubts. So if he goes in there and loses, it's not like you expected that to happen, but you understand why. And you, you still respect how good he is. So, But it's not like you expect him to run through everybody. Well, here's a question for you as well. Do you think this is more in the lines of a celebrity signing than it is a contender right. signing? Okay. Do you are you bringing him in nothing more for the eyes than you would be actually bringing him to be competitive within that division? You're not not going to say like, oh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to the UFC, but I'm not really bothered about a UFC title. You're I right. just want to have the best fights. You, you You're are always right. going to be like, oh, so you know what's the plan here? It's like, well, the belt. I'm going to win the belt. I'm going to go in and do it because I think when you are in it and you're there. Obviously, you're going to be thinking that way. 
but like f from the entirety of his career would just suggest that that wasn't the plan because yeah you're right because I mean, it felt difficult. like he could have got another title shot like he he didn't have a title shot until his 20th fight that's the thing the moment i if i was him and i lost to douglas Lehman in the way that i lo lost to i would be petitioning not just for the rematch as soon as i could get it but like no give me the next toughest guy if that. you wanted to be the world champion yeah. then you would have that's that kind of an attitude you don't go back to um three and two guys you don't go back to ross houston you go who are the toughest guys in this division? Let me prove that the Douglas Lima knockout was a fluke. And then you you show those fucking guys up. And then you do get back to Lima like that as well. But I'm pretty sure Lima ended up battling with like Rory McDonald. But I just don't know why Bellator didn't immediately get him into the, the title picture as well. He's a guy that's delivering incredible knockouts. He's a guy that's delivering you know, these spectacular moments, why not try and get him to that belt unless they didn't think he was going to win? He rematches Douglas Lima two years after he, he lost to him, basically. Who are the fights in between? So Richard Keeley, again. Richard Keeley, who the fuck nobody. is Richard Keeley? Giovanni Melilio, again, not, not really anybody. Why did he need five tune-up fights? Who would you like MVP to fight? other than Wonderboy or Kevin Holland. Like, what does what does next year look like for MVP? He beats Kevin Holland, let's say. What actually happens next? Yeah, I mean, it depends where Thompson is at the stage of his career as well, where I think he does just need those sort of super fights, and I right. think that makes a lot of sense for him. Well, I mean, Ian Gary, great fight right there. I mean, they'll they'll definitely go backwards and forwards. There's there's probably going to be some, like... Actually, that would be pretty damn some good. Some rivalry, yeah. yeah. With 170, there's always been a lot of wrestlers. There's, al there's always a good wrestler. There's never been a champion at 170 who couldn't wrestle, you know, apart from Robbie. Robbie Lawler. Good defensive wrestling, but he was a striker. Well, here's the other problem. No one really maintains that kind of a style in the UFC. Nobody does. Lots of people had crazy style, like Mark DeCasey. Remember how crazy Mark DeCasey... Now he's just wrestling. DeCasey was like a crazy dynamic striker and then he quickly found out that that doesn't work really at the highest level. And then same kind of a situation with uh, Michelle Pereira. I mean, I feel like Kevin Holland does that. Yeah, Kevin Holland does that. He does not care about... He just wants to make money yeah, he's just and just fight. In there, just like, hey, I'll fight as time. much as I can, make as much money yep. as I can. And maybe MVPs in that scenario as well, where it's just like, you know what? I am 36 years old. I only have probably two three years at max left in my career here especially at this level but then there is the flip side he could come in and he could get the shit kicked out of him and it, you're in almost like in a ben Askren situation where the ufc brought ben Askren in they brought mvp in just for a quick buck to go like look we brought him in he wasn't up to standard off he goes then you could also have that deniability that dana has where he's like he was never good yeah, you know exactly. i don't but think I don't he'll think say he, that i but. don't think he's ever had that relationship with Dana and the UFC because the truth is it's like we all know Bellator held him in such high regard that they just you just don't turn that money down and I think it would be really really hard to turn down the type of money Bellator were throwing at yeah. especially when you look at his life now and especially what when he gets built. the headline shows yeah and what he's built his life to you know you look at his life and what he's done for himself for his family He's created an incredible life entirely based yeah. from the work that he's done in Bellator. Show me another Bellator fighter that has made as much money, created as much noise, and done, honestly, as little as possible to do it in terms of competition. Yeah, nobody. I don't think there's anybody. No well, now it's happening. It kind of feels like it, it would have been sad to, to never see him go to the UFC, I think. You know, because when you look at the history of combat sports, especially the history of combat sports in, in Great Britain, He's one of the most decorated kickboxers from England of all time. 
born in London, like representing, like it would be a shame to not see that guy at least put the gloves on. I think that's the great thing about Mike in this scenario is actually there's not a great deal of pressure going into this. I feel like when guys do come to the UFC from promotions outside and have been champions and have done well, there is so much pressure because for years and years, people have gone, this is the best guy. And they've always sort of like overlooked the current UFC champion. You're like, well, he might be champion in the UFC, but Jake Shields over here, he's beaten Dan Henderson. Or, you know, Nick Diaz over here has beaten whoever he's beaten in, in Strikeforce and Elite XC. Marius Zeromskis. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Hey, man, he was champ. Zeromskis. He was dream yeah. champ. But it's like those kind of guys have come along and ultimately when they have come to the UFC, there's so much pressure. But I think this is the first time in a long time where a guy that is a big star or has been a big star outside of the UFC is coming into the promotion with not a lot of pressure because we all know who Venom Page is, what he does, why he does it. And I think everyone's just excited to see it happen. If you enjoyed this podcast, guys, you want to see the full unedited discussion, it is available to all our members who click the button and join our membership program down below. Become one of the family. You can be a Just Bleed member, a Hall of Famer, a channel champion. Uh, depending Completely on. out of order, but... <laughs> yeah. It don't matter. I respect them all equally.